Welcome to Soul to Wellness with Kathy Thurman. Over the next hour, you're going to learn from expert guests their thoughts on alternative and complementary healing modalities. Now, here is Kathy. You're listening to Soul to Wellness with Kathy Thurman and the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Good evening, everyone. I hope you had a fulfilling day and can begin to relax and wind down. Welcome to our eighth episode. We have another informative show for you. Today, we'll be discussing the remarkable healing benefits of copper with my special guest, Doug Cornell, on the first half of the show. And then on the second half, I'll be sharing how the six basic human needs play a role in the development and recovery of of emotional trauma. I only have Doug Cornell until our first commercial break, so allow me to jump right in and introduce this impressive gentleman. Doug Cornell is calling in from Tucson, Arizona this evening. Mr. Cornell is president and owner of Copper Zap LLC. He is the inventor of a brilliant handheld device made from pure copper called the Copper Zap. I own a number of copper zaps and I can personally vouch for this product. As I mentioned in last week's episode, I believe this handy tool should be in every medicine cabinet, pocket, and holistic healer's treatment room. And Doug Cornell will be providing all the reasons why. Hello, Doug. I'm delighted to have you as a guest on the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Kathy. I'm glad to be with you. Well, it's an absolute pleasure. Okay, so rumor has it that you've not had a cold since 2012. Right. Wow. <laughs> we are going to have to get the backstory on that. That's amazing. So let's dive in. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, your educational background, and what prompted you to create the Copper Zap? Well, Kathy, I have a PhD in an experimental field. And I read a lot about science and research. So when I stumbled across the research on antimicrobial properties of pure copper, it gave me an idea. I used to get two or three bad colds every year, and they really hit me hard. So for years, I had been trying to find a way to prevent them. I uh, tried everything from zinc to echinacea to chicken soup. Uh, I had some idea of how colds get started in the nose uh, when viruses get in your nose. And from our experience, I could recognize uh, a tickle in the nose as a warning sign that I was about to get a cold. That tickle is caused by cold viruses gathering there in the bottom of the nostril and starting to multiply before they spread out and make you sick. So 12 years ago, when I discovered that there were uh, just hundreds of studies already uh, showing that uh, pure copper kills germs, including viruses. I thought, why not try touching that tickly spot in the nose with a, a so solid copper probe and see what happens? So I made a crude uh, copper prototype with a smooth tip and a curve so that it would reach down into the bottom of the inner cavity of the nostril where that tickle happens. And the next time I felt that uh, warning tickle, I just touched the copper to that spot for about 30 seconds. And a few minutes, minutes later, the tickle was less, so I did it again. And by about 20 minutes or so, the tickle was completely gone. And that was in 2012. And I've done the same thing with a copper zap every time since. And I, I've not had a single cold in going on 12 years. 
So I did some testing to make sure that I wasn't just uh, fooling myself with a placebo. It all tested out in a lab, so I applied for a patent and set up manufacturing. And over that winter, I had a bunch of friends and relatives test it, and it worked for them too, so I put it on, a mar- on the market. And, yeah, and then some amazing things started to happen. Uh, people were giving us tremendous positive feedback about it, and they started telling us things that it worked for for them, which I had never even thought of. Uh, so we started discovering how to use it against flu, against uh, sinus trouble, against cold sores and fever blisters, and for a bunch of other things, which I'll go into if you like. Absolutely. Continue. Okay. Well, uh, we uh, had, uh, for example, uh, one lady asked me, uh, do you think it would work against cold sores? And I said, no, because the cold sore virus is just under the surface of the lip. And so the copper can't touch it directly. But she tried it, and by golly, it worked. Uh, You know, people who get cold sores feel a tingle in the lip just before the the blister starts. And uh, she had been suffering from cold sores for 20 years or, or more and had tried everything. And so she held the copper zap when she felt that tingle in her lip. She held the copper zap uh, right against that tingle for three minutes or so. And what we discovered was that enough uh, copper atoms uh, get absorbed a short distance, very shallow distance under the skin, and reach the viruses that are gathering there about to cause a blister. And it kills them. uh, Copper kills viruses. And so she never got the blister, and she's been using it ever since. So we started letting people know about that, too. And uh, since then, we've sold over 100,000 copper zaps, and uh, people have been using them against all kinds of things, including uh, had a nurse uh, try it against uh, a sty in her eye, and it worked. And we started studying the, the uh, science behind that, what causes the styes, and it works on pink eye and on mold allergies and stuffy nose, drippy nose. Uh, A lot of people reported that it it, uh, solved their problem of losing sleep due to congestion in the night. Mm -hmm. You have to use it the the evening before. If if you wake up all congested, if you use it the night before, uh, it can stop the viruses or or bacteria that are causing that. And uh, with sinus trouble, a doctor told us that uh, the... uh, Sinus trouble often starts with a fungus, uh, which can come from mold allergies or, or from mold in the air uh, after a rain, things like that. And copper kills fungus, so we started having people try it against uh, sinus trouble. It doesn't work against every case of sinus trouble or congestion because some of them are caused by uh, plant material like pollen or uh, dust or pet dander. And copper doesn't work against those things. Copper kills bacteria, viruses, and fungus. So it Mm -hmm. works against a lot of causes of sinus trouble. And then uh, people, uh, we we studied uh, some of the history, and uh, it turns out people have been using coppers against uh, all kinds of infections for over 4,000 years, long before anybody knew about uh, viruses or bacteria. Uh, They were using it against uh, um, uh, battlefield wounds uh, that were getting infected and also against sore throat and uh, uh, Hippocrates, who is sometimes called the father of modern science, used it against leg ulcers and skin infections. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's just amazing what, what we found out. We now have 20 different use cases, meaning things that you can use it against uh, when, you, when you feel it, when, when something bad is going on with a skin infection or mm-hmm. cuts and wounds or thrush. It works against warts and ringworm. And one of the best things is it works against getting sick after air travel. And during. During, right. Yeah, in an airplane, you're packed in with a bunch of people, and some of them are mm-hmm. coughing or sneezing or maybe sick without even knowing it because people can be contagious for uh, many hours, even up to a day before they show symptoms. So you're breathing air that uh, may have bad germs in it. And... Uh, so I started using it, and by the way, you can take it on board aircraft. Uh, uh, I took two of them on uh, a flight not too long ago, and I had one in my pocket and one in my carry-on. And I noticed on the screen it showed up very bright and clear on the screen because it's dense metal. Copper is very dense. It's denser than steel. And, so, and the uh, TSA agents completely ignored it. They'd seen it before. We've now had thousands of people fly with them. And uh, if you take it on the airplane, well, first of all, you should use it on your hands and fingers. That's another thing. It kills bacteria and viruses whenever you touch it on the skin where you touch it. And so that can help reduce the spread of infectious illness. Uh, I use it on my hands and fingers before I go into a store because it leaves a trace of copper for a few minutes uh, on your fingers. And I use it again afterward. If I've been touching things, you know, if you touch something that a sick person has just recently touched, you pick up their germs. And then the next thing you touch, you may be spreading their germs to other people. But Mm -hmm. if you have copper on your fingers and hands or or use it uh, frequently, uh, you can stop that spread. And the same with air travel. Use it on hands and fingers because you're touching things that thousands of other people have touched. And some of those people are bound to have been carrying uh, bad germs. And you Absolutely. can use it in your nose uh, uh, against uh, bad germs you may have breathed in. You can use it uh, three or four times a day, and including at the end of the day of travel, uh, just before bed. And people say uh, they've simply stopped getting sick after air travel. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's fabulous. And I wanted the reason why I wanted to have you on the show is because a lot of holistic healers will be attracted to this type of show and body workers. And I, I just can't even begin to encourage people in terms of like how important it is to have this tool. I have one in my office, um, in my treatment room because I am back to back clients and I'm a body worker. So I have people coughing on me all day long and I, I, and I've not been sick. I've not been sick the whole winter season. I've not been sick and I've been really diligent. Now I did get sick last summer, but I didn't think to swab myself with the coppers app as much because it was summer. I didn't think, and I got COVID during the summer. I got COVID during the summer for the first time, but I was using your copper tool before that um, during the winter and I didn't get sick. So I just got a little lazy, (laughs) but I I noticed, you know, we go go ahead. No, I just noticed that, you know, in your instructions, it says that timing is critical in terms of making sure that you do subject it to the copper. Yeah, that's right. Well, um, we have to all realize that viruses and bacteria uh, multiply and spread very fast. And COVID especially fast and flu faster than colds, but they all spread fast. So you've got a short window of time 
from the time you are exposed and get those germs in your nose to the time you need to use the copper zap uh, and have, get the pure copper working against those viruses, uh, you've got such a short window, and if you wait too long, you're going to get sick. We get about half of our the ones we sell, about half get returned uh, for, with people saying that, that it didn't work. When we have a chance to talk with them, which we uh, try to do on the phone, we often find out they didn't use it until they already had symptoms, so they waited too long. And we always give them a chance to use it again if they wish and still return it. We always accept returns, full money back. But uh, we find when people use it on time, and, and COVID, I should mention, COVID is a tricky one because it doesn't give you a warning sign. So you really have to use it uh, whenever you've been around people that might be sick. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if somebody's coughing or sneezing in your vicinity, well, you know you've, you're probably being exposed. I mean, if you walk past somebody in the hallway, that's not enough exposure to get enough of a viral load into your nose. But if you're sitting with somebody or uh, talking or, you know, when people talk or sing or shout, uh, they're Mm -hmm. expelling lots of airborne germs. And uh, so whenever you're in that situation, you should use your copper zap just uh, very shortly after. Within, we often say, uh, uh, a few minutes up to maybe three hours, uh, you have to completely stop it. And for that reason, we recommend that you carry it with you all the time. I have mine mm-hmm. with me everywhere I go. And, uh, and a lot of uh, people carry it in a pocket or in a purse. And uh, the people who use it diligently, they're the ones who tell us that they just have simply stopped getting sick. Okay, so just because this is radio and I want our listeners to have a little bit of a visual, can you describe yeah. what the tool, can you just, in the yes. best way that you can, can yes. you describe what the tool looks like? Yes, it's a handheld device. It's about five inches long and about an inch wide. And it's pure copper all the way through, solid copper. And so all parts of it are uh, killing viruses and bacteria and fungus uh, wherever it touches. And it's got a shape to it with a curve to get the tip of it into the right part of the nostril. The tip is very narrow and is shaped just right to get into the groove in the bottom of the nostril where a lot of the uh, germs are going to be collecting, so you can touch as many of them as possible. The handle of it is broad, a little broader, almost an inch wide, and uh, so every time you're holding it, you're uh, killing bacteria and viruses that may be on your fingers. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing has a texture to it, an almost microscopic texture, uh, which we impart to it. You know, the the process of making it is very difficult. Let me just tell you, the... uh, Pure copper is really hard to work with. Not only is it expensive, but it's also, it doesn't respond well to machines because it heats up and turns Mm -hmm. gummy. So we had to develop a lot of labor-intensive steps. It takes about 14 steps to make one and uh, to get the right curve, the right uh, shape. And then the handle has a, uh, a shape which maximizes the surface area contact with your fingers and hands when you're touching it. So you can just handle it for 30 seconds or so and, and uh, uh, get a little bit of copper on all of your fingers and, and the palm of your hand. Um, and there's a picture of it on our website, uh, copperzap.com. And copperzap mm-hmm. is the word copper and then Z-A-P, Z as in zebra, A-P as in Paul, all one word, copperzap.com. And uh, you can see it on there. And uh, by the way, if anybody's interested in purchasing it, we have a 
coupon code, a discount code uh, for uh, listeners to this radio show. And the discount code is RADIO2, the mm-hmm. numeral 2, the word radio, and then the number 2, uh, spelled as all one word. You have to enter that when you check out, and it gets you 15% off each Copper's app. And we recommend one for each person so you can have it with you when you're out and about and use it right away. If you feel any sign of bad germs in your nose or if people are coughing or sneezing around you or may have COVID, you might not, they might not even know they have it yet. And uh, wow. we've had whole families say they've simply stopped getting sick, the whole family, uh, if, if they're all using one. It's, it's not for very young children to use on, on their own, but for the grown-ups and the teenagers, they can use it. So, so it's very exciting about, to us that, that we have the chance to maybe eradicate uh, or largely eradicate some of these respiratory illnesses. Absolutely. It's so important. I, and thank you for mentioning that, too. I think it's good for our listeners to know that I think the age range is 12 years and up to be using this tool. Yes. yes. Okay. Well, it's more we, for we a, think uh, uh, younger children can use it on their hands and fingers, but not in the nose. Right. It's a stiff piece of metal. We don't want anybody damaging their nose. And, you know, very young kids can't sit still or they might have their elbow bumped by a playmate or a sibling. And we don't think anybody should use it in anybody else's nose because you can't feel the pressure. In your own nose, it's easy to control it and keep it from uh, exerting too much pressure, but not in somebody else's nose. So, and this is all in the directions, very detailed directions come with everyone. And uh, so we urge people to read the directions. We find the people who have problems with it usually are people who didn't read the directions. Right. Doug, we have a good seven minutes left and time does fly, but we do have a good seven minutes left. Do you mind sharing with the listeners, because I have a lot of people who expect to have evidence-based research. Um, do you mind yeah. sharing with um, some of the research that you shared with me regarding the FDA and the FDA's regu- um, recommendations to hospitals and all that. Well, the uh, that's the EPA you're speaking of. The, uh, oh, sorry, I meant the, the EPA. research yep. was done mm-hmm. originally by the EPA, and mm-hmm. hospitals are considered an environment, so the EPA has jurisdiction. And they were trying to combat uh, the spread of MRSA, which is a very bad illness and antibiotic-resistant. Uh, so, uh, and it was spreading fast in hospitals. People would go in for one problem and come out with MRSA. And, mm-hmm. uh, so they were, uh, trying to find a way to, to cut that spread. And, uh, they, uh, landed on, uh, copper because copper is safe to use. And, uh, uh, they, uh, tr- tested out using copper against not just MRSA, but some other things, influenza and, and, uh, some of the other, uh, illnesses. And then they recommended to hospitals to install copper on their touch surfaces, like faucets and doorknobs, things like that. And not many hospitals have done that. It's really unfortunate. But uh, the ones who did cut the spread of illnesses in the hospital by over half. Yes. And uh, that's just a remarkable uh, change, a tremendous change. And it uh, has saved lives. You know, you just have to wonder, especially like during epidemics like you know covid like why wouldn't they do that i know that it's an expense but it's just it's just you have to wonder why it's just too bad yeah, so, yeah well there um, are theories about why but yeah uh, no, i know, I know. <laughs> yes exactly i agree i agree they can't make money if we're healthy huh okay yeah. so 
I wanted to now one thing like uh, as far as the history of copper and the history of copper use, sailors did put copper coins in the water to help purify water. And you yeah, in your instruction and, and in your instructions, you mentioned how to make cop what you refer to as copper zap water. Do you mind right. explaining to the customers what you mean by that? Sure. Well, uh, we developed copper zap water because of flu, because a lot of flu starts as a sore spot deep in the back of the throat. And uh, that's how it started with me. So I was experimenting because you can't reach a copper zap, uh, the, the physical object, uh, that deep in the throat. Um, so I made copper water using distilled water. It's best to start with distilled water. And I just left a copper zap sitting in a shallow dish of uh, distilled water for about an hour, turned it over a couple of times, swished it around to get uh, more copper into the water. And it ended up, ended up we measured in the copper, the water had a content of about one to two parts per million of copper, which is very low. But if you uh, have that sore spot in the back of your throat and you lean way back like on, on a recliner or in a, on a sofa and uh, sip that copper water slowly, copper zap water, just let it dribble over that sore spot. And I can feel when it dribbles right over that sore spot. And uh, I sipped about an ounce that way, and then an hour later, about another ounce, and uh, the sore spot was gone, and I didn't get the flu. And so we publicized that, and a lot of people since then have said they've had the same experience. Okay, that's that's just fascinating. Uh, now, I read in your instructions as well that we shouldn't have more than 15 ounces of copper water a month. Yeah, we don't want to have to be drinking lots of copper water or copper zap water because the copper is going to uh, uh, hurt the bacteria, uh, the microbiome in the stomach. And okay. uh, people who have gotten too much copper in their system have reported digestive problems. The problems okay, go away as soon as the excess copper is reduced. But yeah, you shouldn't be drinking lots of copper water. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. So one thing I wanted to ask you is that you and I both know... I. I came from a family and we we're all machinist and I know that copper is very soft. So I was wondering yeah. like, what is the, what is the most, what is the best way to store and protect this tool so that it doesn't well, get damaged? the best way to store it is in your pocket or your purse because <laughs> okay. you should always have it with you. You mm -hmm. really should. I mean, if you only have one, you should never leave it home. People have told us they left it home and then got sick. Uh, so you can carry it with you. Uh, it doesn't matter how you store it. It, it okay. survives uh, extreme temperatures, cold and hot. It's, it's perfectly okay. I mean, it's an element, so it's very durable, very hard to damage it. Uh, and it's easy to clean. The directions that come with it uh, say how to clean it. And uh, we also offer an accessory, a velvet pouch, that some people like to get it to keep mm -hmm. it in their purse or wherever. Okay. Uh, but people should have one with them all the time. I have one with me everywhere I go. And I have another one by my bedside so that if I feel a tickle in the nose or something in the middle of the night, I don't have to get up and spoil my sleep. I can just reach it and use it. Right. And I just wanted to add to that, you know, this is not something to replace like personal hygiene practices and it shouldn't no. replace hand washing and hand sanitizer and things like that. Right. That's right. Yeah, it's a very complete germ killer, but it's not uh, doesn't do everything for people's health. You should always do the healthy measures on your own. 
Right, right. And I have a lot of uh, holistic healers who don't like using hand sanitizer and all that. So I just wanted to make sure that it was clear that this is not meant to replace something like that, especially during cold and flu season. Uh, yeah, let's that, see. That's right. And, but it does, what, it does more than many hand sanitizers, which many of them only kill uh, bacteria, not viruses. It, exactly, exactly. So really quick, what do, you, what do you recommend to prevent it from tarnishing? You really don't need to prevent it from tarnishing. The EPA test showed it works just as well when it's tarnished. You can uh, polish it with our soaking in vinegar. Distilled white vinegar works well for an hour and turn it over once and it polishes it right up, but you don't need to. Mine is the color of an old penny and uh, it's perfectly all right. They tested 100-year-old copper and found that it even extremely tarnished and being touched many, many times, it's still killing germs. Okay, that's fabulous. And I, and I saw that yours was well used when I interviewed you in your office. <laughs> yes, okay. mine is well used. <laughs> uh, you know, it's... Uh, we do have to close soon, but, you know, with all the benefits of copper, it's just amazing that this information isn't widespread knowledge. It's just sad that it isn't. But as your trademark states, I'm here to spread the word, not the germs. You made me a believer, Doug. Thank you. And if, You're welcome. If any of our listeners have more questions about the Copper Zap, you may email Doug at info at copperzap.com. And you may purchase the Copper Zap device at Doug's website, which is copperzap.com. That's copperzap.com. The Copper Zap makes an unbelievable, thoughtful gift that contributes to less stress, less medical costs, and more time to enjoy life. You may also find Doug Cornell's contact information on my Voice America host page. And all right, Doug, I'm afraid I do have to let you go. I so appreciate you being here. Thank you for your time. I appreciate all the information you've contributed to our listeners and for everything you're contributing to the health and wellness of mankind. I hope you feel good about your accomplishments because you are definitely leaving your footprint. Well, thank you. You're very kind. Thanks for the kind words. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Doug, I will be in touch. Bye for now. And thank you again. We have to take a short break, everyone. We'll be back in just a moment to discuss how the six basic human needs play a role in both the development and recovery of emotional trauma. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Tune in to hear Kathy Thurman share her favorite tools and stories from 17 years of experience working as a certified holistic life coach, hypnotist, and energy medicine practitioner on Soul to Wellness with expert guests offering their feedback on alternative and complementary healing modalities. Soul to Wellness, hosted by Kathy Thurman, Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back, and thank you for joining Kathy Thurman on Soul to Wellness, your place to tune into your inner self and explore the journey to whole person wellness. Now, back to the show. You're listening to Soul to Wellness with Kathy Thurman. Welcome back, everyone. And now we're moving on to the role of the six basic human needs in trauma development and recovery. You know, I can't tell you how many people have come to me and said, I don't know why I'm so miserable or stuck or why I continue to self-sabotage or make poor choices. Why can't I be happy? What's wrong with me? My family was normal. I wasn't sexually abused. No one beat me. I don't think I have trauma. And I just patiently wait until they get it out of their system. And when they're finished, I say to them, all right, let's look at the definition of trauma. A basic dictionary definition describes trauma as a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. That's it. Trauma is something distressing or disturbing. No extreme forms of abuse had to occur. And this distressing or disturbing event in our lives could have been a one-time experience, or it could have been ongoing through repeated exposure. We know that distressing events have immediate or long-term effects on mental and physical well-being. We know some of those effects can be intense emotional responses, like anxiety, shame, self-blame, mood swings, or phobias. Traumatic events can lead to intrusive thoughts, bad memories, or avoidant, hyperarousal, or even risky behaviors. Trauma can not only hurt our self-perception, but it can also hurt our perception of the world. We know that disturbing experiences can negatively impact cognitive functioning, as well as negatively impact our physical functioning, with an array of symptoms from headaches to sleep disturbances to compromised immune system functioning. And based on what we know, I think it only makes sense that many health issues could be post-traumatic stress response. And any long-term unresolved trauma that is compromising a person's immune system could lead to cancer. So if you're unhappy, you can't shake a bad habit, or you continue to find yourself in unhealthy patterns, chances are you have unresolved trauma that needs to be healed. And trauma is not a character flaw, <laughs> and it's definitely not a dirty word. It simply means it's time to reflect on what could be perceived as a distressing event from your past. It's during childhood that most of our trauma was registered. 
We know for a fact that children have the underdeveloped nervous system and prefrontal cortex. This underdevelopment impacts a child's ability to regulate and process emotions. And consequently, children experience emotions at a much higher intensity than adults. Compounding the problem, adverse experiences can disrupt the development of the child's nervous system and can possibly lead to emotional dysregulation in adulthood. One of the greatest tragedies, in my opinion, is that we forget what it's like to be a child. We lose sight of what it's like to fully embrace the present moment. Not only have we forgotten what it's like to be a child, we have to remind ourselves to practice mindfulness exercises because we're so distracted from the present moment or stuck in the past or living for the future. When we are distracted from the present moment, we're desensitized from our physical senses and emotional feelings. And when we're connected to the present moment, we have heightened awareness. I'll provide you an example of heightened awareness through a mindfulness exercise. A common exercise is called the lemon meditation, which entails either holding or envisioning a ripe, juicy lemon. And the participant is asked to imagine or visually focus on the lemon's, the lemon's color, shape, and texture. And if you were holding the lemon, you would be asked to feel the texture and to notice the weight of the lemon in the palm of your hand. And the next step would be to either physically smell the lemon or to imagine smelling the lemon's fresh, clean aroma. And then you would be asked to focus on the taste and imagine slowly taking a bite out of that lemon, allowing the juice to coat your tongue, and noticing the initial burst of flavor of that intense sourness. And if your mouth <laughs> is watering right now, welcome to the present moment. The present moment is where the five senses are fully engaged, which results in heightened awareness. Now, if you multiply the heightened awareness that you experienced in the lemon meditation by 100, then you can imagine what it's like to be a child. Think about this. Children have limited life experience. They have very little past history to dwell on, and they don't have enough life experience to know there's anything to worry about in the future. All they have is the present moment, with all five senses fully engaged, and with even more intensity due to their underdeveloped nervous system, day in and day out, with no escape. That's what adults lose sight of. The distressing events that occurred in our childhood were intense. Think about this. With a mature nervous system, we have trouble coping with the present moment as adults, which is why we lose hours of our day zoning out from scroll time on our phones, binge-watching television, escaping with addiction, or obsessing about something or another. 
We don't want to connect with the present moment because the present moment hurts. And the present moment hurts because we haven't fully processed and healed the distressing events from the past. What people don't realize is that the distressing events from our past are filed away in the subconscious, exactly as it was experienced when we were a child. How we experience the event from the perception of a child with an underdeveloped nervous system, that's how the memory of the distressing event is filed and tucked away. It's registered in the subconscious at that level of intensity. And we are subconsciously aware of these files of distressing events as well as the intensity. And many of us are like, whoa, I'm not sure what's there, but something from my past is haunting me. And if I address it, I could fall apart, but I can't fall apart now because I have to work or meet this deadline and I have kids to take care of. This is not the time to fall apart. Well, it's never going to be a good time to fall apart. But if we don't address our unresolved trauma, it's inevitable that it's going to impact our mental and physical well-being. And as soon as it begins to, what do we do? We go to our doctor and say, hey, doc, you got a pill for this? What we rarely do is mindfulness energy medicine techniques, take a walk or a bubble bath, or call a therapist or trauma specialist and say, hey, I think I need help to address my trauma. Is there any way I can heal this without having to quit my job or without my entire world collapsing? And my answer to that question is yes. Yes, you can heal your trauma in a balanced fashion with the right team of experts, especially with those who are trauma-informed. In the past, the intensity of our distressing events was too much for us to handle as children. But the distressing events are not too much for us to handle as adults with fully developed nervous systems. We can handle the past hardships now as long as we have the proper support team and interventions to facilitate the healing process. So how does the basic human needs fit into all this? Well, distressing and disturbing events occur from unmet needs. Meeting the six basic human needs is like breathing oxygen. These needs are essential for a child to thrive. The six basic human needs are certainty, variety, significance, love and connection, growth, and contribution. An introduction to these six basic needs was provided in episode four. But as a recap, the first need is certainty. Certainty is the structure in our lives. It's our routine, like going to bed and getting up at the same time. Certainty is anything or anyone consistent in our lives, like our job, our home, our friends. Certainty is all the things that are comfortable or familiar. I just want to note that there is a difference between something feeling comfortable and something feeling familiar. Familiar is not necessarily comfortable or healthy for that matter, okay? We'll talk more about that later on. Certainty can also be all the things we expect to happen or expect from others. A child naturally associates the feeling of safety with certainty. 
children are very concrete in thinking, and they have the tendency to overgeneralize. So children believe that certainty equals safety. Let's move on to the second need, which is variety. Variety is the unexpected or spice in life. Variety is stimulating. It's the things in our lives that are new and different. Anything new may be good or bad, or at the very least, interesting. The third need is significance, and this one is a given. Everyone needs to feel special, important, and as if they have purpose. The fourth need is love and connection. Love and connection. We all need to feel affection and to receive attention from others. If we, we need to feel included in a group and to have a sense of belonging. The fifth need is growth. We need to learn, to explore our talents, and to advance in skills and knowledge. And last, the sixth need is contribution. We all need to give something of ourselves to others. We feel fulfilled when we help others and share our gifts and wisdom. Okay, so when we were young, whether or not we were raised by a religion, children are exposed to the idea of a god. Since children are not cognitively developed, the closest thing to a god that children can tangibly conceptualize is their parents. Children naturally project a god complex onto their parents because they're dependent, and these almighty people, called parents, provide clothing, food, shelter. And things are pretty wonderful when the gods are happy, right? But from a child's perspective, oh, when the gods are angry or absent, things get distressful and disturbing. Despite the projection, the parents are not gods. Parents are human. Regardless, parents have a very important job. In order for children to grow into healthy and psychologically adjusted adults, parents must meet their children's six basic needs. Parents must meet these needs and then eventually teach their children to meet the needs themselves. The problem is no parent is perfect. Parents will inadvertently fail to meet their children's needs from time to time for one of two reasons. They will fail to meet their children's needs because they are human and it's virtually impossible to spare children from hardship. Or parents will fail because they're not equipped to meet the needs of their children because the parents' needs weren't met when they were growing up. In that case, parents will subconsciously attempt to meet their own personal needs vicariously through their children. Bottom line, no one brings a child into this world with the intention of causing their children distressing and disturbing experiences, but unfortunately it happens. The first time a parent yells at a child, don't touch that stove, it's hot. The child may perceive the disturbing event as a loss of connection with the parent. A child may feel insignificant if a sibling with special needs receives more attention. A homeschooled child may not receive enough variety of peer interaction that is necessary for social growth. Even when we do what we think is best, we could be missing a child's needs. And if this happens, I don't believe it's necessary to label anyone as a bad person or a bad parent, because like I said, we're all human. No one's bad in the situation. It's just an outcome of unresolved trauma. But it doesn't change the fact a child could be damaged from an unmet need, and the damage may need to be healed. I have entire families who come to see me for holistic trauma intervention. 
The very first thing I educate parents on is how powerful they are. I tell them that their children will always see them as an almighty God. If the children didn't feel their parents were proud of them, it hurts the children's needs for significance. Children who lack significance will struggle with confidence, which can lead to poor choices in life partners or careers. This is just one example of how small traumas can lead to big problems. And because of the projection of the God complex, I tell parents, you can help heal your children simply by validating their experience and acknowledging their feelings. With sympathetic validation and understanding comes healing. Believe me, a child knows a genuine apology. If a parent's response is, well, I said I'm sorry, I can't change the past. What do you expect me to do about it now? I can assure you that type of response is not going to help a child heal. The child needs sincerity. Parents, I encourage you to allow your children to fully express and to be honest with their feelings, regardless of how old your children are. Try to keep in mind that the feelings your children are expressing have been repressed from long ago. And remember that due to an underdeveloped nervous system, these repressed feelings from childhood are intense. To facilitate the processing of these painful emotions, I ask parents to tell their children things like, I'm so sorry you didn't feel I was proud of you. I wish I was more aware of the ways you needed me to show you. Please know that I'm aware now. I've always been proud of you, and I'll do a better job to show you and tell you that from here on out. I love you. If parents don't help their children to validate and heal their trauma, the only other person who can heal the wounds is themselves. I know from personal experience that it's possible to heal trauma on our own. But if it was easy to heal trauma on our own, then 20 million people in the United States most likely would not struggle with substance abuse. 9% of the population might not have eating disorders. Mass gun shootings would substantially decline and about 130 people a day might seek alternatives to suicide. If you're left on your own to heal your trauma, I encourage you to seek help. Please realize there are layers to trauma and it takes time to fully recover. Try to have compassion for yourself and remember what it must have been like to be a child when you were just a kid, young and vulnerable, with heightened awareness and how scary and intense things must have been for you. Try to validate your own experience or find a trauma-informed specialist to assist you with the validation process. I promise you that with sympathetic validation and understanding comes healing. As you can imagine, out of the six needs, the most impactful in trauma development can be significance and love and connection. However, the need for certainty should not be underestimated. It can be a double-edged sword, and I'd like to explain why. As mentioned in episode four on goal setting, these six needs must be met in order for us to be happy and healthy. The needs may be met authentically or inauthentically. To meet a need authentically, the need should feel good, be good for us, as well as be good for others. 
Our nervous system literally depends on the need for certainty in order to stay calm and grounded. And the need for certainty can either be met authentically or inauthentically. I'll give you an example. Someone who smokes cigarettes. Let's say this person has the routine certainty of designated smoke breaks, and the person gets a smoke break at three o'clock every single day. Just thinking about the upcoming smoke break can help the person to calm down. But obviously, it's well known that smoking is unhealthy. So in this scenario regarding addiction, the need for certainty is getting inauthentically met. An authentic way of getting the need met would be taking a walk outside in the fresh air to unload the stress of the day. Certainty is the routine and consistency in our lives. It's our familiar and what we have regular exposure to. And this is how the need for certainty can be a double-edged sword in regards to trauma. Every family has some healthy function. That healthy function provides a child with authentic certainty. Every family has dysfunction. Unfortunately, family dysfunction provides a child with inauthentic certainty. And to a child, whether it's authentic or inauthentic, it doesn't matter. The need must be met and the child will take what it can get. The child finds comfort in certainty. The child equates certainty with safety with certainty. Even in extremely dysfunctional families, there's a reason why most children do not run away. Because the outside world is far more scary than what's going on inside the home. From a child's perspective, they're choosing the lesser of two evils. And so in order to survive the dysfunction, the children must embrace the dysfunction and accept it. The children might even convince themselves that they deserve neglect or abusive behavior. After all, why would the almighty parent gods treat the child poorly unless the kids were bad and unworthy of love? That's how children think, only we forget how vulnerable and impressionable we were at that age. These impressions become limiting thoughts and maladaptive behaviors that we bring well with us into adulthood. If the consistency in your household was financial troubles, you may find yourself in a pattern of poor money management because money trouble is your certainty and you may subconsciously fear financial freedom. If the consistency in your household was arguments, then you might find yourself inadvertently picking fights. For some people, the fighting may be inauthentically meeting the need for certainty as well as connection. If people picking on you and treating you as a scapegoat was part of your family norm, you may subconsciously reject friendly people. You may think to yourself, I don't know about those friendly folks. Are they for real? They must want something. Surely they can't just be nice. <laughs> well, they can just be nice, but a person would naturally feel unsafe with someone who's warm and friendly if they came from a toxic family. Exposure to an aggressive, alcoholic, unfaithful parent will naturally set a person up to attract an aggressive, alcoholic, or unfaithful partner. Our limiting thoughts and maladaptive behaviors are an outcome of unresolved trauma, which is an outcome of distressing and disturbing events. These limiting thoughts and maladaptive behaviors can be identified in therapy or life coaching. And as mentioned before, the underlying trauma can be healed through counseling, body work, trauma-informed practices, inner child work, or even hypnosis. Since the trauma began with unmet needs, 
Trauma recovery should begin with identifying which needs are still unmet and how to start fulfilling those needs authentically in ways that feel good and in ways that are good for you and good for others. A therapist or life coach can help to establish effective goals on how to begin meeting those unfulfilled needs. As we come to a close, please know that you are an exquisite person and deserve to be happy. And if you're unable to recognize that, I'm so sorry for the distressing and disturbing things that are hindering you, hindering that self-perception, that accurate self-perception. And I sincerely hope you can find the help you need to change that. On the next episode of Soul to Wellness, we'll be discussing cooler and more uplifting topics like dream interpretation. I'll be explaining the sequence of dreams and how the sequence can change the meaning of symbols. I'll also be introducing the concept of the waking dream. My guest, Amanda Doherty, will be educating us on some essential oils and supplementation to help promote dreams. And my guest, Pat Thurman, will be discussing the process of an art therapy diagnostic tool called the House Tree Person Assessment and how this assessment can help to identify limiting beliefs that are buried in our subconscious. The assessment is fascinating, so I hope you can attend that show. There is so much to discuss and so little time, and unfortunately, our time is up for this evening. That's all we have for tonight's show, everyone. I'm wishing you all a relaxing and peaceful evening. I'm Kathy Thurman, signing off on Soul to Wellness on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There's no need to hurry. Slow and steady always wins the race. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Soul to Wellness with Kathy Thurman. We hope you have learned a lot and you can apply in your own life. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.